Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Soprano Cast. I am one of your hosts, Nate Max, and of course, my co-host is my associate, Mr. Archie Mitchell. What's up, everybody? We are happy to have you all here again with us this week, and I do want to share, I didn't get to talk to Archie today um, because we were both busy with work, so I didn't get to share this with him, but I do want to share the fact that our listenership from the first episode to, uh, I guess, our what would be our last episode that we just had last week, our listenership has gone up considerably. We've actually got Excellent. about, over the past month or so, we've got about a 50% increase in listenership. And well, so I want to thank every yeah, I want to thank everybody that is listening. And, and please do, like Archie always says, let your friends know, let your mama yes. know, let your daddy know, let your, let your, uh, let your guma know. Yeah, your baby mama, <laughs> your your baby sister, it doesn't matter who they are. As long as they can handle the sound of mine and Nate's voice, tell them to come on and listen. You know what I mean? Uh, thank you guys so much. You know, uh, Nate always says this, and I agree with him 100%. When you start podcasts like this, you don't know if you're doing it as just a hobby or if people are going to even listen to it or what the feedback's going to be. The fact that you guys are listening makes us all the more happy to continue doing it, you know? Yes, absolutely. So, um, this week we are reviewing season one, episode eight. The yes. title of the episode is The Legend of Tennessee Moltisanti. And as we go yes. through the episode, as we go through the episode, you'll figure out why it is called what it is called. Yes. Um, <laughs> but this is, this is a Chris, and I know you're a big Chris fan. Yes. Archie, yes. so I'm sure you were happy. This is a Chris heavy episode of well, the show. Yeah. Because we really dive into what the Chris character is, but also that he isn't really happy being just a mobster. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get into it more as the, the story is going to go on. But this is where we really get to see that this young man wants to be a big mobster, but also a big Hollywood guy, too. Yes. You yes. know, so. Unfortunately, he can't spell, but that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> and the the scene that we're, we're gonna get to in a bit when when Adriana questions his spelling is so cute, but you could tell she's basically calling him dumb dumb in so many words, yes. and he's dumb to the fact that she's doing it. Yes, and I mean yeah. she it's 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 she's like she's pretty it's she's she's like you're dumb, <laughs> you're du- you're kind of dumb, but I love you anyway. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your dumbness allows me to get away with what I need to. You know. <laughs> yes, um, and we do. We open the episode with uh, Chris having a. It's a dream sequence, obviously, with Chris having yes. a dream. Um, he's having. He's pretty much having nightmares because of like 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 Archie said. Firstly, he's he's he wants to be more. But we'll right. get as we get into the episode, we'll also realize he also wants to be more within this world as well. Right. Um right. but you know, with the uh the 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 duty killed at the butcher shop. Yeah. Yeah, the Russian guy this, that he kills. Yes, and what I think he says later on, he's like this fucking Russian or Czech or whatever the fuck he was, yeah. or something to that effect. But yep. um the one thing that I did the one thing that I did think was funny in this whole dream sequence was there's a line in it that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The dead, the dead guy gives Chris an order at the meat counter at the deli. Counter. Yes. Yes. And he says, he says, I think he says like pastrami or something to that effect. Yeah, pastrami yeah. on rye, hold the Mayo. And right. Chris responds, we're out of Mayo. <laughs> so, in other words, I mean, it's okay. He wants you to hold the mayo anyway. It's just something right. stupid that I wrote down. But it, yeah. hold the mayo. We're out of mayo. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that whole sequence though is—it's the first time we really get a full-blown fever dream from anybody on the show, mm-hmm. and we're going to see more of these, which is great because those dreams really tell you what's about to happen. You know what I mean? Because yes, essentially, the the nightmare is. The guy that Christopher killed is telling him, you didn't bury me properly. There's, you know what I mean? Wherever you put me, you know, wherever you laid me to rest after you killed me, somebody's about to find me. You know what I mean? And they find out later on in the episode that that area that they buried him in is about to get knocked down and be turned into condominiums because it's right underneath a bridge. And 
So essentially, it's granted you killed me, but I'm still watching out for you slightly by letting you know you right. gotta go move me. Yes, <laughs> you gotta go move yes. me. <laughs> and yeah, it's a, and we're you know, like you said, we're getting into Christopher's subconscious here, um, right. digging a little deep into the character and and his motivations as the story goes on. Um, and you know, it's not just him. That's it, it, a lot of the a lot of the tones of this episode are paranoia. Right. Um, as you know, Chris has his paranoia. Well, as we go to the next scene which is set at a friend's wedding of Tony's and all the, all the guys paranoia is building within them because of the fact that they're finding out that there are federal indictments coming out, which I found odd, Nate, and here's why. And I don't mean to jump ahead into other seasons, Mm -hmm. but they're at Larry boy's wedding. It's his daughter's wedding. Larry boy is one of Tony's captains and he comes to Tony and the other captains lets them know, by the way, my cop let me know that indictments are about to start rolling down. So we got to start cleaning our houses. Now, okay, that's fine and well. But we find out like a couple seasons down the road that Larry was an informant right. for the FBI. So I, I guess he was still beholden to Tony, maybe, and he wanted to be a good guy and, you know, let them know what was going on. But ultimately, it seemed like whoever was a rat for the FBI was in Tony's crew. Yeah. He had like eight rats rolling around and he didn't know it. And he didn't know. It. Yeah, well, and and this the seeds are kind of planted there too with um yeah, is it this episode or the next episode that we're reviewing in this taping? I think it's the next episode. But anyway, there there's uh, you know, you've got not only that, but Mikey is planting suspicion in Junior's mind. Right. And we're gonna get to that in one of these episodes, but Mikey's planting right. that suspicion in Junior's mind, even about Tony. That you know, Tony's so, going to an office to meet somebody, but he doesn't know who. Yeah. And, tell, and and Mikey's like, what if it's a lawyer? What if it's the FBI? What if it's yeah. anybody he's telling secrets to? And that's what I've always said about when I watch, because I love mob stuff. I love mob, this show. I love, mm-hmm. I love, I love mob movies, the whole thing. But I've always said, I don't know if that lifestyle would ever be for me. Okay, sure, I'd have a bunch of money and 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 you know could buy anything I want and et cetera, et cetera. But right. you're constantly living life, looking over your shoulder. And it's not just from the cops; it's your friends. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Al Pacino. Al Pacino in the movie Donnie Brasco said it best: "You may have killed a million people, but the person who ends up killing you may be your best friend." Yes. And yes. that's it's the like bad part about it, you know, at the end of the day. It's like it's like Jack Nicholson's Joker says in the 1989 Batman movie. Hubba hubba hubba, money, 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 who do you trust? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. At the end of the day, look, I know because I'm a normal citizen, I'm not a monster. If God forbid my brother or my sister or a member of my family did something crazy. I would do everything that I could to protect them because I know I didn't do anything wrong and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my best to make sure that they're okay. But in the mob, when you have a million things on you, like, you know, murder or robbing or whatever, and now they come to you and let you know a member of your mob family has just murdered somebody and you're going to go down for it. You begin thinking, well, what can I tell them that'll get me out, but keep that guy going in. Yeah. You know, so. Just like, just like. Just like really the like we've talked about in the previous episodes, the the whole purpose for letting Junior be elevated was for him to if right. they needed a patsy, he's ultimately gonna be the patsy. He bites the bullet, right? Yes. Um <laughs> my favorite the, line though in the whole scene that they're doing at this wedding, because every wedding that happened on the Sopranos, they always made you feel like it was a scene from the Godfather, because they do a line from it and be like, you know, on the day of his daughter's wedding and things right. like that. And they're talking about the indictments, and we got to go home and clean our house and do this and do that. Here's Big Pussy Pump and Sarah going, well, damn, I wish I would have known that. I just gave Larry's daughter $1,000 for her wedding gift. He's worried about having money. (laughs) 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 And he literally walks back to the bride and groom and asks for his envelope back and walks out. Yes. (laughs) Like, how embarrassing. How embarrassing is that? So <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. So 
They, uh, they, they go home. You see Tony they, and Carmelo. Well, what, what? Oh, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But go ahead, go ahead. Um, going back to the junior thing, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that is emphasized also in the scene at the wedding, when they're all when they're all talking about what to do. Mm-hmm. If you notice, all the other guys are kind of looking to Tony for what they should do. Right. And they're and kind Junior's, of Junior's noticing. Yes, yes. And Junior's like, hey, what the fuck are you asking him for? You know? Right. And but but much like much like the uh the the scene that we saw a couple of weeks ago having to do with Hesh's having to pay in. Right. Junior still, even though he he acts like he's got the biggest balls in the room. He's still, you know, whatever happens that, what I want to say, whatever happens that Tony is setting it up to happen that way, Junior's pretty much like, well, I was going to do that anyway. Right. And Joe, Tony knows that that's what he's going to do anyway. And he's going to say that anyway. So Tony is feeding it into him and letting it look like, oh, you're the boss, uncle, whatever you say. But it's really Tony pulling the strings. So it's working to Tony's, uh, Tony's plan to perfection right now. If indictments do fall down, they're falling down on Junior mm-hmm. and a couple of the older guys. So, and uh, like you said, then we see, you know, we get to see the scenes of uh, of of Tony and and Carm, you know, getting the money, yep. getting the jewelry, getting the guns, all that stuff. I I love the uh, the engagement ring thing. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> made she's it like, about herself. She's like, you don't. He don't need the take my engagement ring. It's not stolen, is it? Right. And Tony, right. Looks, Tony has to think about it for a minute. He gives, <laughs> like, oh, her, he, he gives her the perfect husbandly look of, no, 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 nothing's wrong. Don't worry, keep that on. You know, and you could tell he's thinking, did I steal it? Did I steal that? I, I can't I, remember. I, yeah. Can't remember. It's been twenty years. You know? <laughs> and he pulls. Not only does he pull hundreds of thousands of dollars out of that air duct, but then he pulls an arsenal of guns out too. Yeah. It's like, why? I understand having guns in the home because you're a mobster, but he had a Tony Montana setup in the air ducts of his home. <laughs> you know, I was waiting for him to pull out a bazooka at one point. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Missile launcher. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, one thing I did note here is I don't think, and as we go through the episodes, I'll notice it better just because I was trying to remember the lady's face. But when they show when they show um, when they show pussy at home, um, mm-hmm. throwing the shit on the grill, right? I don't think that's the lady that plays his wife later on in the show. Uh it's not that they showed that they, they showed did. as his wife. They did change his wife. They changed uh, uh, Silvio's wife as well. Uh, Silvio's wife was a more heavy set, like kind of like a Jimmy Sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Sack's wife, you know what I mean? Everybody, yeah. I, I think that as they got deeper into the seasons, certain cast members couldn't return, so they just recast them because, well, they were minuscule at that point anyway. Right, nobody's going to notice. Again, yeah. you know. But then the crack-up is, is, in later episodes and seasons, Pussy's wife does become a part of the you know the crew, and so does Silvio's wife. Right. So they now you have to keep them because they've had lines, they've been seen in 20 episodes, keep them where they are. <laughs> <laughs> so for the most part, in the beginning, it didn't matter. As it got later, yeah, you know, like no one ever mentions that Meadow had a nose job from episode one to episode two. Right? Yeah, we're not going to. Yes, <laughs> you know, but it <laughs> did happen. You know. <laughs> so my hey. my biggest crack up too is Meadow running into uh, uh, Anthony Junior's room and is like, "Wipe your computer. The FBI's coming." He's like, "Why? What do I need to do that for?" Do you really want those FBI guys seeing all the porn you looked up? And it's like, yeah. that's kids. That's what you want to see children <laughs> doing because it's real. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for good looking out. Right. <laughs> um, the, the kind of the next thing, because I know we, we kind of touched on it before about the, because the next thing in the show is Chris writing his script and the, the, the whole right. thing with Adriana that we already talked about. So after that, we get into what was probably, I don't know, I find, I like i like the Melfi character and her chemistry with Tony. Right. But anytime, I hate to say it, but anytime that character is not in a scene with Tony, I find it annoying. Like, I find her family annoying. Well, it's not I her. Find, it's the people she lives with or is around, yes. 
Right. Her yes, shrink, when we learned that she sees a shrink and you go and meet him for the first time, he is the most annoyingest human being in the world. <laughs> like the way he's that judgmental and looks down on people. It's like, mm -hmm. how could you, how could you give people advice if you're that, you know, a uh, uh, snotty and, and snobby, you know what I mean? Her ex-husband is a, he, she makes a comment to him, you know, because he mentions, oh, well, they always blame it on the Italians with a vowel at the end of their name being in the uh, mafia. And he, she's like, well, don't you have a vowel at the end of your name? You're right. not in the mafia. You know, so, yeah, her family is. Her son's especially her son, annoying. Yeah, her son <laughs> is a typical bratty. Everything bothers him. He was the lead-in to the kind of people we see today. Yeah. Where everything offends them. It doesn't matter yes. what it is. So, but yeah, I agree with you. When Jennifer is not around Tony, she's a different character. She's yes, almost totally. defending herself at all costs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, the whole story with that, like Archie was saying, is you know they're they're at dinner and um, they just get into a conversation about about. Italian stereotypes and et cetera, et cetera, which right. is going to come up later on um, as far as Tony being her patient, because they're kind of for the family's kind of for at least the ex-husband and the son are kind of pressing Jennifer about what this, you know, who is this patient, you know, is right. So it'll come full circle when we get to the end of the show. So we'll save it for that. But the but next yeah, they're scene, really, they're oh, really picking at it. They're really picking at her, and it mm -hmm. kind of made me wonder because they say life imitates art, and I'm wondering, do all doctors go through that in real life? Right. You know what I mean? Because they're like, you got to tell us, you got to. He's, he's like, what about patient doctor confidentiality? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So you kind of wonder certain things you may have told your doctor in the past. Has he gone home and told his wife, or his right. children, or his dad, or you know? It really made you. It really made me clam up when I talked to my doctor. About <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the you're most not, part, yes, you're not going to tell him you made me turn my head and cough today, are you? Right, right. Can we keep that between us? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's some. There's some interesting trivia about the next scene in the right. episode with uh, Christopher at the bakery because tony pretty much calls him and tells him well pretty much you know stop stop being so whiny well you went and... over a small part you went over a small part oh they, did I? i'm they, sorry yeah there, there there's the news story about all these mobsters and the indictments that are about to come down and they mentioned brandon's name oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. In, okay yeah to tony and that's what puts christopher in a foul mood because well, why was it my name mentioned? Brandon mm -hmm. was a was not even a soldier in the mob in the mob family, and I'm being left out. You know, so he gets all bewildered and hurt and upset. So he decides to go to bed, and Tony calls him. Yeah, says, yeah. go to the go to the bakery. Yes, we're cleaning house. You know, we we you go to you go to the go to the bakery and and pick up the guys some some pastries and etc. Yeah. yeah, and while I'll, Chris I'll, is, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, while Chris is in the bakery, and we'll get to the whole thing, um, but he is essentially the 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 kid at the counter who's being a dick about Chris. Yeah. And he's serving everybody before Chris. And there's a gentleman who comes in. Yes. That is told to, uh, is told, he's like the last straw. He's the last straw. <laughs> well, he walks back in. Uh, hey, yeah, uh, what do you need, Vito? And it just so happens to be the Vito we know from the Soprano crew. Yes, and he's not—he's not that Vito yet. The the funny thing is, in this episode, <laughs> this in this episode, and I didn't catch it either until I started looking. Mm. In this episode, he is not Vito. No, he's not the Vito we know. Right. His his name is Gina. <laughs> right. In this episode, right. and. Here's the fun trivia, okay? According to David Chase, the character of Gino, the bakery customer played by Joseph Ganascoli, I hope I got his last name right, mm. is Gino Spadafori, the twin brother of Vito Spadafori. That we never hear about again. 
Yes, G- Ganascoli okay. would play the character Vito beginning in season two of The Sopranos. Yeah. Gino was unaffiliated with the Jersey mob and had a strained, distant relationship with Vito. So according to David Chase, obviously he probably came up with that story after the fact. Oh, yeah. But that's oh, the yeah. story. Vito had a twin brother named Gino. Wow. Gino pissed Chris off while he was trying to get his pastries yeah. <laughs> because the guy told him you could go out and get gas and come back and whatever. Chris was like, so I can go out, sleep with your sister, come back in a week, and I go to the head of the line. Right. <laughs> great line. Great line. Throws Gino or Vito out of the bakery. Tells him, come back in 10 minutes, you'll get your stuff. Don't worry about it. And then proceeds to threaten this kid with a gun in his hand while this kid hops around with a pastry box in his hand. <laughs> now, this is one thing I will say, though, Nate. 42 years. I've been watching mob movies since I've been 10 years old, at least. I have never in my life found out what Schwedel is, but it looks amazing <laughs> when they say it and they show it on any mob or movie or TV show. Yep, never, never, never had it myself either. I, and I feel stupid to walk into like a bakery, but you have Schwedel. And by the way, what is it? What is you know it? What yeah. I mean? <laughs> so. but yeah, this kid. Pastries, shoots this kid in the is, foot. That's what I was going to say. This kid is pretty much just. Um, Unhastily throwing pastries in this box, yeah, yeah. and Chris shoots him in the foot. Um, says, Next time I'm here, serve me. Like, would yeah. you even go back after you yeah. shot the guy in the yeah. foot? Next time I'm here, show me a little respect. Yeah, uh, you're probably not going back. <laughs> no, no, especially because Tony finds out later on what he did. Yes, <laughs> yes, and that's a great scene that we're going to get to. By the way. But he gets to, he takes the Schwedel and all the rest of the pastries to the big, throws them down on the poker, on the, the pool table because he they piss him off. And then Tony tells him, go sweep for bugs in the bathroom with the bartender. And the bartender makes it worse because he starts bragging. When they mentioned Brandon's name, it's like, I knew the guy. And Chris is just sitting there like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Yeah, this is my flip. life. This is my life. Like, I brought Brandon in. Oh, that's like, yeah, you guys were friends. I'm like, wow, this is horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> but and I am, I am the the next the next sequence with Carmela trying to get Livia out of the nursing home. Yeah, yeah, or at least out of her room. Right at first. And then she's, you know, she's convinces her to leave the nursing home entirely. But I love that it's, it's the first thing I love is it's, it's all a setup to get her out of the room. So Tony can hide all his money and guns in her, in her hat boxes and stuff in her closet. Yeah. Um, Which is, which is a great gag because as we find out later in the episode, he's let all the other guys in on this little thing. Yeah. Your mother's moving in too. huh? (laughs) Anyway, it's, uh, you know, it's like we have figured out the perfect place to hide our shit. Right, but the other thing I the, the other thing I love about it is because I always do I always love the fact that Livia is like the most difficult fucking woman on the planet. What you know, oh, I don't want to go to brunch. Why do you all of a sudden? What do you want to come here? And then Carm's pretty much like, I just want to do something nice for you, which really she does have an ulterior motive. She does but, right, for the first <laughs> time. She does, but then what kind of a mother utters the words that came out of Olivia Soprano's mouth? Did he cheat on you again? Like, yeah. what? What do you mean again? <laughs> well, you're basically telling her your son has been cheating on her all this time. That's You just blew the, you know what I mean? Even if, if she knew nothing, if Carmela never knew Tony had a girlfriend, she did now. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. But like I said, Ridiculous. I love this. I love the scene. I love the sequence. And I love the fact that, you know, they figured out, hey, if we just have our all of our old old mothers come live at this nursing home, now we right. have a place to stash our shit when we know we're going to get raided. I right. find it and hilarious. We, and we can meet there because you can't bug a hospital. Yeah. So they could, they were having meetings there and talking about certain shit. And it looked like, oh, I just came to visit my mom. 
And it also makes you, know? you wonder. It also makes you wonder because I know David Chase talked to a lot of people <laughs> that were that were that knew about the mafia, were ex mafia right. people, et cetera, et cetera. When he's when he came up with the show, he wanted to be as accurate as possible. There were people right. on the staff. And there were people in the cast and on the crew that had a history with the mafia. So it makes right. you wonder. Who it makes it you right? wonder. Who came up with the idea? Yeah. You know did I mean? he, did he, yeah, is this something that someone told him they actually did? Well, <laughs> what I'm wondering is, because we all know that Junior was used to meet at his lawyer's office. So yeah. is it, I mean, even if he didn't find out from the mobsters, he may have, because it is common knowledge, you cannot bug a, a lawyer's office because it's between the lawyer and his uh, uh you know uh yeah, client. attorney client privilege yeah. so it might they might have googled or looked up or found out you know asked somebody you know where else you know they might even ask the cop where else can you not bug or find out information from mm -hmm. but i mean it is still funny to think did one of these mob guys go you know by the way you should add that they can't you know bug the old folks home since she's going to be there anyway it really makes you wonder who gave up these kinds of pieces of information? Right, right. You know, the only one that I know is common knowledge is you can't bug a, a lawyer's office. Mm -hmm. So, what other ones are there? And who was the one that was like, "Look, they can't bug the the uh, a doctor's office. They can't bug the the old the folks' home. Can't bug the, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> but no, I, this and is I, a trippy episode. I also think it's funny that um, that Tony is. I love the dance when he's in the when he's in the office with with Jennifer and he's like, but I mean I could be I'm just planning a vacation I could be going I might not go it might not happen right. I don't know and it's just right. funny because it's like it's the vacation vacation is something you plan a long time right so telling her he may or may not be going on vacation it may or may not be happening is like the flimsiest excuse exactly <laughs> exactly and her not being a dumb woman. And finally, knowing that he is fully in the mob, looks at him and goes, "Does it have anything to do with the indict indictments I've been seeing on TV?" Right. And he's now dumbfucked that he dumbfounded that. Oh, she knows. Mm -hmm. You know, he he doesn't know how to really answer her correctly. He can't lie to her because right. she doesn't want him lying because that'll piss her off and she might not agree to see him anymore. So he's got to, in a roundabout ways, it might. You know, we've got to wait and see. Yeah, you know, it might I mean? be going. It might not. He goes. He literally goes. <laughs> it, might, it might not happen. I don't know. Right, it might not happen. He's waiting to see, you know. And it really goes to show which she does care about him. You know what I mean? Because she, mm -hmm. she's, you know, asking these kinds of questions. But then she turns right back into a doctor and says, "Well, if you miss any appointments, I'm still going to have to charge you," which pisses him off. Yeah, totally pisses him off. And she knows she gets him like that when she mentions shit like that. So yes. it's almost like she wanted to see what he might do this time. Mm -hmm. Like she was testing the waters. Is he somber? Is he weak? Is he calm right now? Or is he still going to be pissed off? Yes. You know. Uh, and the, ne the next scene starts what we are going to see is because I know you and I, before we even ever started doing this show long before we both, we both knew we were Sopranos fans. We used to talk about the show all the time. So you already mm -hmm. know the listeners might not know, but you already know that one of my favorite relationships and dynamics in this entire series is Polly and Chris. Anytime, yes. anytime Polly and Chris are together, it's some of my favorite shit. And we get to see our first real interaction between those two in this episode. Yep. Yep. And I love it. And it's a great scene. It's a great yes. scene because it's just two guys talking about their lives. Yes. And I I, you know? I love Polly's attitude about things. Like he's like, I never achieved nothing, so what? Yeah. <laughs> and the and my but my favorite thing about the scene <coughs> is because essentially, folks, I always try to I always like over explain because anybody listening to the show's already watched the Sopranos, but when Chris is trying to explain to to mm -hmm. Polly about having meaning in life and his story arc and et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yep. I love it when he says, have you seen that movie with Keanu Reeves devil's advocate? And I yep. love Polly's response. Polly's response is. Oh, oh, yes. Cause he's like, he's like, he doesn't give a shit who Keanu Reeves is, but Pacino's right. in this movie. Well, so Pacino, yes, I've right. seen it. I love it. He's like, Al, <laughs> which by the way, 
devil's the devil's advocate al pacino's rant on that movie is one of the greatest yeah. greatest rants one of the greatest like oh uh, got it out yeah god is an absentee landlord that whole rant that he does in that movie is one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever but anyway but yeah i just it, love it, that paulie's like ow well, you see the good the thing about the devil, the devil's average—that's Pacino at his finest. Yes. You know, in every movie, he always had a speech like that, so you knew it was going to be a good movie the minute Pacino had a five-minute rant. You yes. Know what I mean? Look, but yeah, Paulie look, but, knowing it. Um, was it look, look but don't touch? Yeah. You know, right. it t- touch but don't taste. <laughs> Just yeah, but yeah, it's um. I really like the scene between these two. Like I said, it kind of starts to establish their relationship where, because as the show goes on, as the, as the, the series goes on, like I've said before, we move, I think we move Tony and Chris move from being more like brothers to being like a father son. Right. Whereas as the show goes on, I really do feel like Polly becomes Christopher's older brother. Yes. Even though he's much older than both of them. Well, he, he's yeah. Polly starts to play an older brother role to Christopher in the series, without a doubt. But he all in, in this scene especially because he has to explain to Christopher, you're you aren't at a part of life yet where you need an arc. When he right. explains to him, I, I was born, I went into the army for a few years, I did went to jail for a few years, and now here I am, a half a wise guy. Polly yeah. at this point, let's say he's forty five, maybe fifty. Mm-hmm. Christopher is only in his mid twenties right now. Right. So he's trying to tell him, kid, you ain't lived yet. What do you mean, yeah, you have, There is yeah, no mark in 20 something. Yeah, you have a lot of life to live still. Yeah, you know what I mean? So stop being, stop, yeah, stop wanting it to come so fast is what he's doing. Right. And then, uh, go get dressed. Come on, I got ladies waiting for you. It's like, yeah. stop being a little bitch and let's just go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and he follows, but he doesn't yeah. listen. He doesn't he listen. listen. Because he, he minds digs up the body. Yes, he he takes poor Georgie. Yep. <laughs> to go dig up the body. <coughs> and Georgie, uh, Georgie was the whipping boy for everybody on this series. Mm-hmm. The the dancers, the mafia guys, the the people who came in this in the in the Bing, and Tony especially. Yes, you know what I mean. Absolutely. It, yeah. So Georgie and Christopher though go and and dig up this. Russian, Czechoslovakian guy, whatever he is. And I have to tell you something. I learned something in this scene. I did not know that your hair and fingernails still grow after you yeah, die. I actually did know that. And yes, it is true. And the reason I know that is because it's it's stupid. But I mean, I guess it's not stupid, but it's it's I learned that because I actually took anatomy in high school. Mm-hmm. And I learned that in high school because your hair and your nails are actually just comprised of dead cells. Right. So as the cells continue to die, you as a corpse, yes, continue. Like most corpses, if you open up a casket after, after a few months or so, are going to have long hair and long fingernails and a beard. It blew my mind. It's kind of fucking fucking creepy when you think about it. At the time I was 18, I'm like, no fucking way. No way. That's for, no way. I'm like, so then what happened? Why are there not hair and fingernails on a skeleton? And my right. dad's like, you really want to ask that question right now? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah why, don't you, why don't you? Why don't you get past you past your first question first? <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't 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 even he's like don't dig where you don't need to. I'm like, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. Somebody should you have know? told Christopher that. Don't dig where you don't need to. I, I exactly. <laughs> so yeah, they they dig the guy up. Georgie's puking. They, they dispose of the body the better way, I guess. However, they had to do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mob ways. I don't know. I guess they yeah. might have soaked him in acid or whatever. And then Tony comes Do- driving around. Doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't Chris even mention we need to take him to, to get it to the Pine Barrens? Yeah, he might, yep. I think he does. Yep. I think he says we need to get him to the Pine Barrens before the ground gets hard or something to that effect. Yep, yep. Um, and, and so that would be the first body to bury there. Yeah. <laughs> Or tried to. <laughs> or tried to. <laughs> a, little yeah, foresha- they, they, a little foreshadowing there. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think they realized they were going to mention that again in the show. But it's funny that when they do mention it, and you go back and watch it, go, hey, they did mention Pine Barrens before. Yeah. <laughs> the funny part is, 
I when I'm going to like Atlantic City or down South Jersey Way, I pass by that exit all the time and I laugh every time. Every time, <laughs> because I think of the scene. Yes, of them sitting there wasting away. So I'm like, hey, that's where they were, and it's like <laughs> I start laughing. So yeah, yeah. So now Paulie dimes Chrissy out to uh, Tony and tells him, you know, the kid's freaking out. He wants to be a wise guy. He wants to be a, a made man. But he's digging up bodies. He's doing this. He's whatever. So Tony pays Chris a visit. Yes, and he lights him the fuck up. Oh yeah, and it's oh, a great. Yeah. It's a great scene. It's a great scene because, again, getting to more of a father son type of dynamic where right. it's just like it's just like you or I would be with our son. At right. first, Tony is hot as fuck. Yep. And then Gives as they start, the head. yes, as they, <laughs> as they start talking and Chris starts opening up about his feelings, Tony right. becomes more sympathetic. Right. You know, okay, kid, I see where you're coming from. I see what's going on here. Right. You let you know this is normal. It's happens yes. to everybody that does this. You yes. Know? But, and then he utters the words, you want to get caught. It's cowboyitis. And again, as a, as an 18 year old, I went, what the hell is cowboyitis? Growing up, as I rewatched it in like my late twenties and thirties, I'm like, now I understand. Yeah, I get it. It's when you do something and you're hoping somebody finds out. Mm-hmm. You either want the notoriety or the the craziness that's going to come with it, right? So, and usually, it's a big mistake. Yeah, because it never <laughs> it doesn't go the way they want. You no, people are gonna be like, oh, you really freaking did that? What the hell was wrong with you? Whatever. Okay, no big deal. No, it turns into World War Three, and you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. <laughs> so, so then now we get the whole uh, the whole scene with the FBI at Tony's house. Yep. And this is more. I, I I know I say it on every episode, but it's so true. There's nothing better than me than sarcastic Tony Soprano. Especially you know, when find, he's dealing with Agent yeah, Harris. Yeah, you find any quarters in there, you can keep them. And then the, right. the FBI agent's like, you trying to bribe me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love his, their back and forth. His relationship with that agent, Agent Harris, growing throughout the years was amazing. Because yes. by the time we get to the final season, you're like, did they become best friends and I didn't know it? Right. You know? <laughs> so It's and like... Then, it's kind of like Batman and the Joker. It's like they yeah. know each other. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Look, I understand you're a mobster. You know I'm an FBI agent. As long as I don't bother you and you don't bother me, maybe we could coexist. Right. <laughs> you know? So, and yeah, they're, they're, they're searching the house, and then they hear a bowl smash in the kitchen, which I never understood. What the hell was he looking for in the fridge? Right. Yeah. Well, and you know what? To be honest with you, I guess I had forgotten the scene. Um, right. I had, forgo- I had forgotten the scene from the last time that I, whenever I watched the show through the last time. But for some reason, when they first go out in the kitchen, that bowl's on the ground. I honestly, yeah. God, I thought it was a jar of peppers. Like the way when the I color, went, the way it, the color, yeah. way the color was. I was like jar of peppers, <laughs> and then they said bowl, and I said, oh yeah, it's a bowl. But why was a bowl in the fridge? Right, but and then she she gets angry and she you know like that that was our dinner and I'm not cleaning that up and things like that. So you're like okay whatever, but then you go back because Tony, you know, were you hungry? You know like yeah. why are we? All right, are I get looking in, in the freezer. Maybe he hid money in there or whatever. But then you open up the fridge part two. Right. <laughs> you know like what were you expecting to find a Glock or a, a human head? Like I found it. I cracked the case. No. Right. It's the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I, I actually have the note here. Let me pull it up because, of course, of course, I closed the my notes thing on my telephone or on my telephone. What is this? The nineties on my cell phone. Um, the oh, okay. I still say tape things, and what I mean. DVD, oh yeah, I'm me like, too. Me I too. Still tell my kids, can you tape that show for me? <laughs> my youngest is the best though. She's like, Dad, what the hell does tape something mean? Because she's only thirteen. You know, she now she's fourteen, but. So she's never seen a VHS tape. Right. You know. Maybe I... Did I lose it? Oh, okay. Um, Agent Grosso is the agent's mm. name. And yep. Tony Tony tells him something with a hand gesture in Italian. He says, 
Tifakio un culo cosi. Uh huh. What and it means the, is. Go ahead. Because I know what it means. Tran- go ahead. The actual translation. I did not know what it meant. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I knew it meant had to do something with your asshole, but because <laughs> um, he edges back, no, your ass, right? Yes, <laughs> but it is actually translates to "I'll make you an ass like this." And as yep. in other words, he's telling him he'll make his butt yep. very open. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, some may say that that was a bit of a gay thing for Tony to say, because when you look at the big picture, "I'll make your ass look like this," you know what I mean. <laughs> But in the grand scheme of all, what he was telling him is, I'll, I'll f you up. You know right. what I mean? I'll make sure yes. that you are never on another uh, uh, warrant like this, or any. You'll basically become a death jockey. Mm-hmm. You know, or lose your job because Tony did have friends in the FBI and the police station, so he knew this young punk kid that was giving him an attitude was going to pay for this in right. one way or another. <laughs> so and yeah, and I I enjoy the scene after the FBI raid because obviously since uh, our friend Agent Grasso ruined their dinner, they had to get Chinese, they had to get takeout yep. for dinner. But yep. I do I did enjoy the scene. Also, I enjoyed it because of because of how I, I how annoyed I was by Melfi's family kind of talking negatively about Italians, even though they are Italian, right? I enjoyed this scene of Tony and Carmela teaching their kids about the positives of Italians. Right, right. And like you know the the uh, just all all the things that they discussed. I didn't write anything down, but I just like I said, I thought right. it was a cool. I thought it was a cool juxtaposition that the writers did in the in the series or in the episode. I agree. You know, I you agree. have these self deprecating Italians that are not proud right. to be Italians, and these people are proud to be Italian. Exactly, and. Even here, though, as Tony and Carmella are trying to teach Anthony Jr., because he's, you know, he's not quite mad, but he's trying to understand why this all happened and what went on and what it was all about. Here's Meadow pushing those proverbial buttons again. Yeah. By saying, well, wasn't it an Italian who started the Mafia dad? And then, you know, Antonio Meucci and this and that and so on. And Tony's just like, yeah, okay, keep it up. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he knows she knows. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, she's going to do this anyway, so I just might as well let get it out of her system. Yeah, it's like, look at you over here being a teenage girl. Right, right. But she was calling him out on his BS, too. Because yes. he would, look, at the end of the day, you're de- yes, you're defending yourself because you're trying to pretend that you're this model Italian person in society when you're the biggest mob boss in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of trying to bring him back to reality a little bit. Like, don't make it seem like you weren't doing anything. That. Right. But she's you know? like that Meadow. And I, I like the Meadow <laughs> character, but Meadow is just like her mother. She yeah. is she is critical of what he does, but she darn sure doesn't have a problem living in that house and swimming oh, in that no. pool. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, she's very much like her mother in that respect, where she likes to she likes to throw what her father does in her father's face, but she definitely yeah. doesn't mind the lifestyle that it affords. Oh her. no, oh no, she she knows exactly what she's doing, and uh, that's the good. That was the the you see the yin and yang. Anthony never does that to his dad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He he even when he gets older, as we're going to see, and as the time goes on. He really never gets into the mob part of the business. You know, he never tries to access that anything about it. Right. You know, or what was this? Is was this stolen? Or did you what did you have to do to get this or anything like that? Or try to use it to his his advantage. You know what I mean? He wouldn't go to school and go, My dad's Tony Soprano and I'm I can right. do whatever I want. You know. Right. Meanwhile, Meta Meta would. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there was a give and take there. The son was a little more well behaved in that manner. As opposed to Meadow using it for all it was worth. Um, like Archie said earlier in the episode, or earlier in the show, we so we kind of discussed it. Then we have the scene where Tony gets super hot about um, Melfi paying, making him pay for his missed session. He pretty much throws money at her like she's a stripper. Yep. yep. And uh, gets very angry. And then we get. You know me, I love a good I got I love a good conniving junior and Livia scene. Yeah. 
And uh, we get a scene with a comedian, if you want to call him that, <laughs> performing at the nursing home. Jesus, uh, he was bad. <laughs> worst jokes ever. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was the point. Did you ever? But, did you ever see the movie Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks? Oh yeah, long time ago. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen that. Yes, right. I haven't he seen that movie in a me, long time. He reminded me of that comedian. That comedian that was in Purgatory. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were just really bad jokes that nobody got. And and yeah, every time he every time he tells one and there's no laugh, he's like, "Come on, everybody! Is anybody right. alive out there?" You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is essentially this scene is the scene where, yep. And you know, with with Livia, everything <clears throat> that looks like an accident is not an accident. Nope. She, she knows exactly, exactly what, she's what she's doing. Yes, she yep. knows exactly what she's doing, and she she reveals to Junior in the scene that Tony is is in therapy, and I love that he just he's stunned. He's just like a psychiatrist, <laughs> a psychiatrist, that, yeah. and she's like, "I gotta tell you again." And then that other old lady turns around and shushes her, and the look on Olivia's face, like, "Oh, this bitch and the audacity," but. Um, yeah, this is this is good stuff. I just yeah. I, I every time I watch this show through, I have more appreciation for this woman as a villain. <laughs> as a villain. Oh yeah, and her her last words to Junior, I have them as a note because they were chilling because you understood what she was basically telling him. Mm -hmm. I don't want there to be any repercussions. What she didn't mean, she didn't mean. I don't want you to bother my son. What she meant was, I don't want this to come back to me in any way. Right. Exactly. Yes. You understand. So, yeah, here, my son's going to see a, a psychiatrist. So he's probably telling her all of your secrets. He's weak. He's this. He's that. Take him out, but make sure it doesn't lead back to me. Mm -hmm. Again, so you dined him out to his wife, and now you want him dead. What? Yeah. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> you know? what a mother. Literally. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Glad I'm putting you up in this two thousand dollar a month telephone home. Right. Know? Well, at least I can. At least I can stash my shit here when the FBI yeah. is coming. Yeah. At the end of the day, at least I have a hiding spot. Um, and of course the the ultimate the ultimate um payoff for this episode is Chris gets a call from his mother. Yep. Leaves him an annoying, you know, it's ma, it's ma, you know, one of those voicemails. But yep. she mentions that, I think she mentions that a friend of hers saw his name in the paper. So he runs out. Yes, and he is super happy because he got what he wanted. His name is in lights, if you will. And here's the thing that I found odd about it, because I haven't done this in forever. He runs down to a newspaper box, yep. throws a quarter in. And pulls out a newspaper mm -hmm. and reads his name. It's the Star Ledger. It's our biggest paper in New Jersey, by the way, mm -hmm. or it used to be anyway. Now it's online. Um, right, right. And you could, you could still get a hard Sunday copy of it, but you cannot get a daily copy of it. So he reads his name as an associate of the Soprano crew, Christopher Moltisanti. He's ecstatic. So he throws another quarter in and grabs every every paper copy. And I'm sitting there going, like, who's he giving these to? Right. You know what I mean? Everybody <laughs> else is going to be pissed that their name is in the paper. So who's he showing these to? Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's the way we end the episode is Christopher getting his name and lights. And, uh, yeah, this is the beginning of uh, Junior's decision. Does he want to take Tony out? Does he not? Right. Does he want to use yes. it against him? And maybe get more power. You know, we got to wait and see what Junior, if, if Junior Soprano is as devious as his ex sister in law. Yeah. <laughs> well, overall, out of five stars, if I'm using stars, I actually give this episode four. Um, I agree. I told I told Archie before we started recording. I didn't have a lot of notes per se yeah. on the episode, but what little notes that I had. You can, you can build from those notes and see what what actually what a consequential episode of the show this is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For an eighth episode of only season one, we're we're in it now. Yes. You know what I mean. If you didn't like this show before and you got to episode eight, 
you're feeding from war now. You yep, know what absolutely. I mean? Like, I got to see what's going to happen next because now we might see an uncle and a, a, a nephew kill each other or we might see a, a battle for power or what. And we're only in season one. The be- you know which, I mean? beg- which begs the question, back before we had the whole series and we had streaming, how in the hell did we wait a whole week without going crazy to figure out what was going to happen next? We, my, my, the biggest thing I used to dislike about The Sopranos, this is my only qualm. It came on on Sunday. And I'm a, as you know, Nate, I don't know if our listeners know, but I'm a reborn again Christian. Mm-hmm. And on Sundays, I go to church. And it's not morning service. It actually starts at like 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. So we'd go to church and then go to dinner afterwards. And I'd come home and Sopranos would either be DVR'd or taped or T-Vote or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Right. And I'd watch it. But my buddies who would go to church with me would not watch it that night. So I'd have to sit there and wait and Monday wait. night or Tuesday to talk about it with somebody. Yes. I'd be like, guys, you got to watch the episode. You don't know what happened. You have to see what happened. Please watch the episode. Yeah, but we're busy. We're going to wait till tonight and watch it with our wife. And we're going to no. no, please watch the episode. <laughs> so I would just be sitting there talking about it with my dad. And sometimes it's embarrassing to talk about The Sopranos with your father when right. you're 18 when one of the main characters' name is Pussy. Yeah, yeah. Or wait till and we get to the way. wait till we get to the next episode. Right. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, we wanna, was... I want to th- I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. Yes. Thank and you very uh much, guys. And we will see you next week as we cover episode 9. It is entitled Boca. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Soprano cast. Thank you for your continued support and your growing support and like I said at the beginning of the episode and like Archie said let everybody know if they like the Sopranos they'll probably like this as a companion piece to the show and, uh, and we appreciate you we'll see you next week good night everybody <laughs>